Well, it's interesting. Like, so um, once they access power, once, once a human being access, like you obviously are powerful. You have this ability to, I mean, you, you've owned many companies. You've had very many successful ones. Like you, you are proven, you're battle tested. And it's obvious you would never be able to do that without power. I got the and scars. I think that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> right, and and that too, right. So like yeah. you would you would get you would there's there's losses along the way, and you have these losses, yet you keep finding a way and you keep pushing. That's power to keep doing that. And I think that where you see the biggest transition for for my clients anyway, where I see the biggest transition is once I basically have shown them the way that they think the world is is nothing more than a lie. So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder, why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money? I've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early. I've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy entrepreneurship, and a successful mindset. Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn, but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin, and this is the Money Talkers podcast. Welcome back to Money Talkers with your host, Cody Laughlin. I have David Kesey here with me today. He is a former base, uh, pro baseball player, a professional speaker, a business and life strategist, a high performance coach, a top rated podcast host, and a best selling author of the book named Find a Way. He's done over 3,000 coaching sessions and trained over 30,000 business owners and salespeople to higher levels of performance, purpose, and production. And if you could see me right now, there is a sign behind me that says either I will find a way or I will create a way, but I will not create an excuse. And so I am super excited to talk to you today, man. Welcome <laughs> to the show, David. Man, Cody, thank you. And I, I saw that. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, I just, I, I went and I, I checked out the book and uh, I just love that, that, um, the title of it, man, find a way, because I just, there's always, there's always an alternative, man. There's always a way to get through things. And I think people are, mm -hmm. are, are, have the ability to achieve a lot more than they think that their mind traps them into. Is that, where yeah. did you come up? So where did you come up with this kind of messaging and the, this was your, you know, this was your drive. This was your book. Yeah. So uh, it's a really good question. I, when I was in the coaching space, I was, you know, trying to find my spot in the world, right? Like wh what value can I deliver to the marketplace and to people? And what I discovered was, you know, everybody's life has a mission, whether you realize what that mission is or not, it's literally happening right now. And so as I looked back through my past experiences, uh, I just noticed everything that I did, there was always this same approach to everything, right? Becoming a base professional baseball player, I was, it was always, even in the little things, right? Like in inside of a game, I, I would hear it everywhere. My coach would be like, you know, I don't care how you move the runner over, find a way to move the runner over. And it was like, find a way, right? And then my mom kind of instilled it from me from a young age. And she was always, she's a farmer girl, hard worker, like a little piece of iron, right? And she was just always <laughs> like, you know, 
don't worry about it. Rub some dirt on it and find a way. And so that just kind of always has been my theme. I took it into sales. I took it into business and it's kind of been my cheat code. Man, I love that. You know, and it's, um, so my dad, uh, played for the Phillies, uh, for seven oh, wow. years. Yeah. So yeah. I grew up with a lot of baseballisms, and I just, I, I love that you bring that up because <laughs> there's a few like, um, that's always really, really helped me in business. You know, one of them is, was, uh, you can't steal second with your foot on first. Right. I used to say that to me, like, if you don't try, you're never going to get there, you know? And so yeah. it, it's, um, uh, and then the other one that he always said to me was, uh, well, actually, he said it to the first baseman. I was playing third most of the time, and it's probably because of me, but he would always say, expect a bad throw. Because <laughs> 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 if it's in the dirt and it skips at you, like he, he's ready for it. But if it comes right at you, right. it's easy, right? So if you're yep. going into business and you're like, all right, like I'm prepared for the, for the you know, I'm prepared for the worst. And if, it, yeah. the, if the best comes and it's easy. So I think a lot of people have the opposite mindset. Um, a lot of times it's like, so we're true. expecting the best. And then when, when something doesn't go right, they get upset or thrown in a tailwind or, you know, all those yeah. things. And so, yeah. um, yeah, that's awesome that you bring that up. I don't know if you had some that you could come off the top of your head or anything. Uh, God, I mean, baseball is just full of them, right? Like you take Yogi Berra and all these people that would just come up with all these sayings, right? Like <laughs> baseball's 90% uh, mental. The other half is physical. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was actually talking to my son yesterday. I was like, you know, the hardest thing in the world to do is hit a, take a round ball and a round bat and hit it squarely, right? Yep. And it which like, blows my mind because like now I'm trying to golf and I can't seem to hit a ball sitting still. I can't hit it straight. <laughs> I can hit a ball going 95 miles an hour, but I can't hit a ball sitting still. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, that's the golf is more frustrating than baseball for me as well. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, yep. I just need somebody to throw the golf ball at me. I think. Yeah, is what I can, need. You just, like, can you just soft toss this to me and I'll, or just <laughs> maybe I'll the other rest. golfer could be like, you can't hit that. Like I just need him talking or something like talking yeah. trash or something. <laughs> I think it'll something. probably work out better. Yeah. <laughs> And so you went, you, so you went uh, from playing professional baseball, which is an amazing accomplishment. Um, and, and then taking that into your sales and business career world. And so how did that transition? Like, where did you get, uh, what, how did that benefit you? I want to know when you, cause you, you kind of mentioned that as a piece from your mom about, you know, yeah. uh, get up, rub some dirt on it. You know, my mom was always yeah. pull your bootstraps up was her. Yeah. She would say to me a lot. Um, yeah. So how did you use that um, coming out of baseball? Well, you know, it's interesting because the answer is kind of two part. There's part of it. I mean, you, and you see this a lot, part of it, nothing transitions over, right? So you see a lot of athletes that make the highest level, but then they're broke when they get out of their sport and they don't know how to deal with money. And they've always had somebody else handling their money and like, or they spend it like an idiot while they're in the sport. So like, I, I that's what, that was me. I was $50,000 in debt with 250 bucks to my name when I retired. I'm like, Oh, I had to give the expedition back. Oh, I had to, <laughs> the, the, the money stopped coming in. Like I was in a really tough spot, but there was this other drive. There's another part that really works well for athletes when they get into sales and business. And that is the mindset of it. That mindset of mastery, that mindset of hard work, that mindset of repetition and skill development. And so I think that athletes have that, but I think there's a lack of knowledge about how the sales and business realm works. And so what I think helped me was my mindset and my approach that you learn in sports. Uh, I think if I didn't have that, I, I think I'd have been dead in the water. Uh, but the other aspect is, you know, you don't really learn much about money. You don't really learn much about sales. You don't really learn much about entrepreneurship as an athlete. 
Yeah, you know, and I, I think that um, there's a there's a big make or break piece there, right? As coming out as an athlete and then going into the business world, because you have to have some humbleness, right? Of I don't know, I you know, I mean, you're you're a peak performer, and then all of a sudden you're the rookie again, right? Like you're the kid who doesn't Instantly. know how to hit the ball and at six years old, like, and yep. and to have some humbleness to say, okay, I'm gonna use. I think you could use the same approaches and mindset that got you to where it is, but it's the part that the frustration I would imagine uh, is probably the biggest challenge, right? Because I think as well, a yeah, business owner, you, you know, that's where that that's the hardest yeah. part is getting, getting up, right. Getting knocked down happens. Yeah. It's going to happen. You know, I, I mean, Cody, it literally sent me into where I was depressed and suicidal. Like I had a really massive breakdown because you're this guy who's walking down the street and people are like, Oh my God, can I pull you in on my radio show? Like everybody knows who you are. Yeah. And you get all this praise and this acknowledgement and you get everything handed to you and everything is great. And there's like this false sense of, of value that, that is oh, there because good... you're, you're made kind of like a celebrity. And then when all that goes away, it goes away. Like I was so excited probably about, I don't know, four, four to six weeks ago, because I saw that people are still selling my baseball card for like four bucks. I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> but, but you go from being this celebrity, this, this highly sought after, identity to you're nobody and that's it's a crazy shocking experience that a lot of athletes go through i appreciate the fact that you're willing to talk about that like willing to say hey look you know it wasn't a straight line for me right because you're a perform you're a performance coach like you're you're mm -hmm. you know you're you're the guy who's people looking at and going okay well how do i do you know how, how do i get better at things like you're really good at it and like i wasn't always really good at it man Right. <laughs> right. And, and that, that seems to be the truth with a lot of things. It's funny um, for the book, find a way uh, when I was making the audio book, it was just so funny because I'm a professional speaker. I can get up on stage and you know, I, that's my thing. I'm, I've just always been pretty good at it, but to read my book into a microphone <laughs> is a totally different skill set. And my family would watch me because they'd go into the studio and they'd watch me and they'd be like, how come all of a sudden you don't know how to talk? I'm like, this is totally different. And they watched me go from like not being able to get a sentence out to being able to do the whole entire thing. And they were like, you know, you should have documented that because it shows like you're not good at everything. Like you have to find a way, you have to build the skill set. That's so funny, man. We did a, a collaboration book at the end of last year and I had to do the same uh -huh. thing for the audio book. And I'm a podcast host and I was like, you know what I mean? Like I don't have a problem talking at all. And I'm like, it's just me on the zoom call looking at myself. I had to like put the video down. Cause I was like, I'm talking to myself and I just can't, <laughs> I can't read the basic words. Like I, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's just, it took a yep. really long time to get through that. It's a skill set. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my skill set. I know that, <laughs> 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 but I wish I had somebody, I don't know. It would have been a lot easier to just, you know, I, I enjoy yeah. the conversational pieces of the things, but man, like the recording of things is, is it's just pulling teeth, but I, like, it's like anything else man I, got, I just got to take more yeah. swing i had to take more swings yeah. at it you know that's it and, and or you, you know uh, what i said I, I vowed that on my next book my audio book would be like uh, the sound of jarvis from iron man reading it and then he went out to the field <laughs> i mean i'm going morgan freeman thinking and on that there you, day, there you go there you <laughs> go on that yeah. day cody was never the same <laughs> but i, I yeah. you know I, I do really appreciate that and i want to kind of come back to it that you were able to to, to come back out of saying, okay, man, this is, I've got a new identity shift. And I think that it's very relatable because that's almost what it's like when you're releasing uh, from high schoolers into the big real world, right? Is that you mm -hmm. now, you, there, whatever you were in high school, 
you now get to be whatever you want after, right? Because it's all very clicky and weird because you're growing up with the same kids. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, 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 you're released out and it's like, okay, well, what am I going to do? And so I think that's very relatable to that kind of time frame of being a, a baseball player and then say, okay, I'm going to the business world. It's almost that new, like, mm-hmm. how, how did you, so how did you find and pull yourself out of that? Well, it's interesting that you say that, right? Because that is what it's like. So maybe maybe uh, somebody goes through high school and they don't go into college sports and college and all that kind of stuff. And they transition in the real world. And you realize that school is definitely not the real world and vice versa, that it does not operate the same way. Like, wow, you... I, I always make the joke, like I'm on like year 30 something of not using algebra, right? Like <laughs> they're, they're, it's just very, very different. Um, so to say like, how did I, how did I uh, handle that? Well, it, the thing of being an athlete is it, it extends that high school kind of uh, environment, right? But yeah. you, you get in, your job is to wake up late, go eat lunch, walk into the clubhouse, mess around, joke around with the dudes, go out and take batting practice, go play the game, go to the bar at night and wake up and do the same thing again. And that's, <laughs> you get a false sense of that. That's not what life is like. And that so sounds awful. I, oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. Yeah. I hated yeah, I was it. surprised you made it through and, there. That sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was awesome. I had a yeah. great time. Unfortunately though, uh, and it's one of the reasons I love what you're doing with your podcast and the mission that you're on is because people need what you're doing right now because the real world operates differently. There's a different set of skill sets and mindsets that if you want to succeed in the real world, that all of us will eventually get to. Whether And that's what I was trying to say, whether it's right out of high school, right out of college, or maybe you go on to play a professional sport and it's later on in life. I actually see... I, I wish I had your podcast like back in my teens, because if I had that, I would have been a lot smarter with the money that I was making in baseball. I'd have been a lot smarter. I'd have been like, look, and there were guys, as I look back into pro ball, there were guys like, you know, Jason Radwan, our catcher, who was very smart with, and I would always watch him like, what are you doing over there? You're on the phone all the time and like talking to your accountant and stuff. Like, what are you doing? It turns out he left professional sports and he was just fine because he, <laughs> he came from that kind of family, right? So the way that I did it is I just had to go to work. I remember the first book I picked up was The Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. I'm and I very, was in a very one familiar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My joke about 50- this podcast is that I want yeah. this podcast to make put Dave Ramsey's get out of debt uh, business out of business. Like he can have the rest of his business. There you go. He's a great dude. He got yeah. me in, he got me. In oh, the he's right. awesome. I had to go. I, w- I had to dive deep into that, man, when I was in my hole. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was I, just my... the place I was going to go though. Right. Because yeah. money for a lot of people, if they haven't been introduced to it is a very complex deal. It's like, Whoa, yeah. like all these different cuts of mutual funds and interest rates and all these different things that are there. And I, I'm the type of personality that's like when I have an idea or I realize I want to do something, I wish it was done yesterday. Yeah. So I'm like, I have to do this fast. And so I get this book and I realized, well, I need to get out of debt first before I do anything. uh, The debt that I had was bad debt. It was, it was student loan debt. And so it was like, that'll annihilate you. And so I remember having a little whiteboard and I was following this, this plan by Dave Ramsey, and I would be writing up on the whiteboard, okay, I have this much in my savings, I have this much in debt, by the end of this month, my goal, and I was in sales at the time, um, my goal is to make this much so that I save this much and I, spend, I pay off this much. And that's kind of how it all started. That was the very beginning of, uh, and then obviously Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then all those books for sure. 
Yeah, seven hundred thousand dollars was my nut to crack. No job. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that one hurt a little. Um, but I would. Yeah. No, I, I always laugh because it's like you know people say, well, you know, like I can't, I can't get started because I don't have any money or I'm broke or whatever. And I'm like, dude, do you know how much I wished I was broke? Like I was, I was, I was striving to get to broke. Like that's what was, that was my goal. Right. right by zero. Yeah. First, first goal (laughs) was to get to zero and then do stuff, you know? Yep. That was Uh, my goal too. (laughs) And so, um, as you, so as you kind of transition, how did you go from, you know, uh, how did you get into like the coaching and speaking world? Like how did that become a business? Because, you know, I, I never, I didn't realize how big the coaching business is um, mm-hmm. until recently, right? I'd never been yeah. introduced to it. I'd never had anybody like offer to be a coach. I'd never even known it was a yeah. thing. And now it just seems like it's been exploding. And there's all yeah. these, there's all these quote unquote coaches that I don't know that I would take coaching from, but yep. I guess, you know, there's a, there's a, <laughs> a, a, a butt for every chair, right? So <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's literally towards the end of my book. I literally do a rant on that. Yeah. Where I'm like, if you're not a coach, don't call yourself a coach. It's kind of been, de- the, the term coach has been devalued, yeah. right? By people who are not coaches calling themselves coaches. And it's okay. You don't have to be a coach because it's a buzzword and you think it'll make you money. You can be what you are. You don't have to be like, oh, well, that's going to make me money. So I'm going to call myself a coach. There's a certain integrity level that goes, that goes to that. But for me, it's interesting because I had gotten done with baseball. And I went into real estate sales, which was my family business. My grandfather bought and sold houses. He was a broker of two offices, super, super successful. My mother and father bought and sold real estate. My brother as well, and also has been on the lending side even to this day. So it was kind of like when baseball ended, they were like, yeah. okay, yeah. go into the family business. And so I went into that and I was okay at it. I was really good at the selling and the doing the presentations and getting the listings and all that kind of stuff. But there was just something about it that that I didn't wake up inspired to do it. And so I had these role play partners that I would role play with and I would start coaching them and giving them advice and and role playing with them and helping their scripts. And they would go take listings and I'd be more jacked about them getting listings than me getting my own. And I'm like, wait a minute, something's off here. And then um, my best friend um, who I had met at the time, uh, Matthew Ferry was like, "Um, you need to quit real estate. And I was like, uh, what I can't, I can't do that. This is the family business and I'm good at it. I have to keep, he's like, no, you should quit. And so I quit and I go work for his brother, Tom, who was, who was like number one real estate coach in the country. Right. And I, I work for him and I work my way from the company all the way up. I end up being his director of sales and running his whole sales team and learning a ton. And at that point I had just kind of hit a ceiling. Like, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for them. There's no hard feelings or anything like that. Um, Tom's amazing. His company's amazing. His president, Steve Belmonte, incredible guy. He was a big mentor of mine. And I, um, I learned a lot from them, but I just kind of hit a ceiling and there was no place in the company for me to go. And so I was like, well, I think it's kind of time to go off on my own. And so I went off and did my own thing and kind of had my own little niche and here we are. And so it's basically, I don't even feel like I decided to be in coaching. It kind of called me. There was just this natural talent that I had to coach people and be able to get them results that I just kind of stepped into. So where do you start when you have someone that comes to you? You know, it's, and this is one of the things is like, I I see people pitch systems and Mm -hmm. you definitely should. If you're a coach, you should really iron out what it is you do in the process that you do and have a system. 
at the same time, I also think there's a certain level of customization or art. It's, it's not just a science coaching, right? It's also an art form. So it really depends on where the person is. Um, you know, there's these different levels of conversation that you could have. Um, I always like, for instance, I coached real estate agents for a long time and, um, and I still do, I still have a, a, a coaching company for real estate agents and our average coaching client in there makes about 650,000 in GCI a year, which is pretty darn good for real estate. But I always joke that it, a real estate agent's problem is not real estate. Like they think they need real estate coaching, but really, do, do you really need to know how to run an open house? It seems pretty simple, right? And you could Google it. Yet you have all these agents running open houses, but they don't get the results they want. So I've always looked at where do I start? I start with the conversation of power, hmm. right? Like who somebody is, their, the ability to control the direction of their life. And power is just, it, it's a combination of, of skill sets and mindsets that allow you to be able to execute on things, right? You can know how to do the open house, but if who you are isn't effective when somebody comes to talk to you, it doesn't really matter. So I'm always starting with that conversation of power. If somebody has that, then I'll move up into the skill sets and the how-to and stuff like that. Man, that's a great, that's a, that's a great uh, approach because literally was just having a conversation with somebody earlier today uh, and I was talking about, you know, in sales, um, if you ever really want to know why someone didn't buy from you and they bought from someone else, it's, there's four P's, right? There's person, there's place, there's product and price. That's it. Yep. You know? Mm -hmm. And I said, I said, but the problem I had is when I, I've trained hundreds of salespeople and like, I said, the problem I had is that I can tell you that, but if you don't approach it humble, like if you're like, why didn't you buy from me? Like what, 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 was, why didn't you, buy, what did I do? What did I do? And I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah. did I piss you off? You know, it's like, no, man, you got to go and say, Hey, listen, you know what? Like, you know, uh, Hey, listen, you know, I feed my family this way. And if I did something that caused you not to want to buy from me, if you could tell yeah. me that way I can work on it. So I don't lose future deals and you have to be honest right. and at them answer you. Right. Sure. And it's like, but if you, yep. the how to is not measured up to the intention behind it, then it doesn't work right. at all. <laughs> well, there's a word you keep using, Cody, that I've noticed, and it's it's probably, you know, that doesn't shock me because you're a super, super successful guy, and people who are successful tend to use this word, and that word is approach, like who you're being, how you're approaching the scenario, a lot of times has the right mechanics show up. I, I call it the house of cards. It's why I start with power, right? There's, there's power, there's performance, there's production, there's persuasion, and there's profit, mm. and all, people just want to go straight to the profit. Or in sales, they just want to go straight to the persuasion. It's like, well, it's a house of cards. If you don't have that power as that, that stable foundation, it all comes falling down. And so, you know, we could even use the word approach inside of that conversation of power. But I've heard you use that a few times. And I'm like, ah, that he gets it. Yeah, you know it's I mean? really the intentionality, right? When you talk about things yep. of what you're, what you're setting out to do. Because if my goal is for you to purchase something for me, I need to make sure that what I have for you to purchase is what you need. If not, yeah. we need, I need to go find someone who does need my product or it's likes my simple. price. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, like that's the, that's it. Like it's only, you know, I, I, I laugh a lot of times when I talk to people, because if you talk to business owners, a lot of times they're like, well, what do you need to do to make more money? Or, you know, what do you need to do to be, have your company be more successful? The answers are like humongous. Right. And I'm, endless, like, yeah. I'm like, well, how many leads do you have? And do you track converting them? Like whatever yeah. the business is, like how, the, sure. how do you lead, how do you get more leads and how do you convert them better? And yeah. they're like, 
I don't I, I, no, but what I need is a new logo and color scheme and a website. And, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no, time yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you, you know, and you, and you start doing little numbers, like, you know, if you go from 5% conversion to 8% conversion, huge, not a milestone, huge. but the bottom line is going to be massive. That's right. Yeah. You're not adding any, you're not adding any cost. Right. right. Well, and it's so, also like a lot of times, like um, when I'm working with business professionals, uh, they'll be like, man, you know, I'm, I'm so concerned with my revenue, my revenue, my revenue. And I'm like, look, there's three ways to go after business. You can go after profit, revenue, or market share. Which, which one are you going after? And they're like, well, all three. And I'm like, that, that's going to be, you're going to, it's going to be rough. Yeah, it's gonna be <laughs> Where rough. like, and they'll be like, well, I don't, I'm not making the money I want. I'm, I'm hustling. And it's a multi-million dollar company. I'm not, make, I'm not making anything. And it's like, well, let's check the expense column. Like every dollar that comes in is going somewhere. Where is it going? Yeah. Right. I would even throw a fourth one in there, which is time, right? It's yeah. Like, I should just, I need to either work harder. Or I need to hire somebody else to work with me to do more hours of work, yeah. to do things of things, you know, it's like, yeah. Like if you like once I did that before, it, that's not a fun route, <laughs> you know, no. that, one, that one hurts a little. So, and you can't yeah. get it back. And then once you're in there, you're trapped, you're, you're on the cycle, you know, you're on a, you're on a treadmill and just like someone just keeps touching the little up button, you know? Yep. <laughs> and that you're running exactly faster and getting like. nowhere. <laughs> Yep. So, well, um, so I, as you, I, I kind of want to shift this and say, okay, so this is where we're talking about the problems maybe exist, but like, where do you see like the impacts of when you start to see those breakthroughs of people, once they get through that power and they get into that performance piece that you mentioned, like, when do you, how do you, how are you shifting them into not just kind of uh, realizing where they're at, but how do they start to fine tune those things? Well, it's interesting. Like, so, um, once they access power, once, once a human being access, like you obviously are powerful. You have this ability to, I mean, you, you've owned many companies. You've had very many successful ones. Like you, you are proven you're battle tested and it's obvious you would never be able to do that without power. And I think that, (laughs) yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And and that too. Right. So like you would, you would get you would, there's, there's losses along the way and you have these losses yet you keep finding a way and you keep pushing that's power to keep doing that. And I think that where you see the biggest transition for, for my clients anyway, where I see the biggest transition is once I basically have shown them the way that they think the world is, is nothing more than a lie. It's nothing more than a story. The story that you've had about what you think life is, is actually not how it is. And once they have that aha or that awakening, the the potential the the potential the possibility for them is endless. And now they can start to make up their own rules, right? Like what I realized, my my approach or my story about money was a, it wasn't true. It just it wasn't true. Like like you said, co- the compound effect. Like I had no idea that that was a compound interest. I had no idea that that was a thing. And then when you, you, you recognize that you're like, Oh my God, if I would have just been doing this, like when I was mowing lawns, when I was a kid and just taking 20 bucks a month and putting it, I would, I wouldn't even need to work anymore. $10 a week from 16 to 76. We'll be like, yeah. if you put it in the right, here's the other thing, the fees, but if you just all that, this S and P average, uh, it's like, it's like 1.8 to $2.1 million. You never do anything else. Wow. $10 a week from 16 to 76. And it's that's, a lot I mean, that's, you know, you're, yeah, you're going to, well, you're going to have, you know, you got, we just, in Florida, we just moved to $15 an hour minimum wage. So one hour of work yeah. and you can be a multi-millionaire. Why are, why don't kids know those things? Right? Like we I spend don't know. Like, 
we spend eighteen thousand uh, dollars per student in Baltimore a year to teach them school, mm -hmm. and it's like it's one of the lowest performing areas. But like, if they just took five hundred of that off and stuck it in a retirement account for them, like it it would yeah. you know what I mean like it would just be like my it would be generationally changing you know what I mean but it's crazy. so let, let me turn that back on you though why why do you think why do you think that is why do I think we don't talk about it yeah because it's uh my my mindset is because I don't believe the school system was set up to have wealth it was made to have factory workers and to have because that exactly. was the way when the school system was set up uh, you know, that was really what was what it was, you go to school, the good, the, the kids with the good grades, go to college, and then the kids that don't have to go work with their hands. And that was it like that there weren't options. And there weren't all these avenues. They're all and then there became a way to make a lot of money off of it. So then they started teaching, you know, that well, you mentioned earlier, like, you got out and you're like, ah, uh, this is really confusing. Like, it's designed that way, like with all these monetary, right. you know, acronyms and everything else. Like I laugh because like I do a lot of SEO work on websites. Like I had, I, yeah. I self-taught myself uh, because what I wanted more leads and I wanted a better conversion, right? That was my, I've right, always yeah. been that way. It's always made me a lot of money work on those two things. But like I got into yeah. SEO and I didn't understand anything these people were talking about. And I'm like, so as I got the, the vernacular down, I was like, oh, these are really simple, right? Like it was like, oh, well, uh, I don't know what a, yeah. You know, I don't know what a canonical tag is. I'm like, I'm like, oh, they're talking about canonical tags. Like, I don't, the guy's asking me like, well, what are your canonical tags? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Sounds very important. All that means is that you either have www.yourwebsite or not www yeah. your website. I'm right. like, you know, like, <laughs> I'm why like, do you, you say I'll, that? Yeah, I'll give you $2,500 to do this for me monthly here. You know, like, I don't know what canonical yeah. tags are. And it's like, so I see a lot of times with that, like we, once we've got, so we've got this kind of thing set up, right. To, for, to produce these workers and you know, quote unquote, blue collar and white collar workers. And then it became, okay, the companies now have all the freedom to let you go whenever they want. And so these, these, mm -hmm. you know, sideways shifts started happening. And then it also became easier and easier and easier to open up your own company. You know, 50 years ago, yeah. it was almost impossible. Like you, it was, yeah. it, it was such a barrier to entry. And now you're going to see the majority of people are going to be in a one person or two person entrepreneurial role more and more going yep. forward you've got you know remote oh, yeah. workers and all this stuff and so because that becomes less expensive for the businesses well mm -hmm. but people don't like change and so i'll tell you i had i had someone interview me and they said cody like what do you have to say to the administrators who say teaching personal finance and money in schools is uh is not very effective and i was like my answer to that was well how effective is not teaching it right I get it. Not every yeah. kid's going to gravitate towards being a financial whiz and want to dive into financial news and everything else. But guess what? No, neither. I, I took English for 12 years and I still have to have Grammarly on my computer because I can't spell and it like, <laughs> doesn't too. like me at all. And I get this once a month email and it tells me all these bad stats and how a terrible writer I am. Right. <laughs> Judge my future success off my writing ability. You know, it would yeah. be like the thing like a, uh, uh, what, what do they say that if you judge a fish by his ability to climb a tree, he would, he would always know how stupid he was. Yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, we, we have these, these traits that we don't push and we don't talk about. And I, I really find it to be like a tragedy, you know, because mm -hmm. again, you're standing there as a fish looking at the tree. Right. And it's like, man, it's, mm -hmm. I can't write, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm probably not going to do well at work. I'm not good enough. I don't need to save money. I just want to follow the rules and you can tell me how to handle my money and, it's not set up to win, yeah. right? No. And yeah, so when so I that see makes that, a lot of sense. Yeah, when I see that, 
my entrepreneurial brain kicks in though. And I say, okay, yeah, of course. if everybody's moving this way, there's a very easy separation to go the other way and become successful. Yep. Right. Right. And so yep. that's why, yeah. that's why what you're doing is so valuable. Again, like I wish I had a podcast like this to listen to when I was younger. I, you know, it I, made I, a big difference. It, it just does. But it's like, it's, you know, I, and I was talking to my friend about this. It was really funny. So he moved down, he was kind of having a hard time. And, uh, and I said, you know, I said, he was on like Instagram, you know, like, and I'm like, everything he's going by is like, you know, hot women yeah. just, you know, and like, in like a uh, mud bogging <laughs> and stuff. Right. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, yeah. what do you use Instagram for? He's like, I don't know. Waste time. I'm like, just do me a favor. I was like, just go search out like some successful quote stuff and then search out like some money manager accounts and just start following those things. Cause he followed mine at first, you know, smart. Like, so then all of a sudden, you know, a couple of weeks later, I'm looking at it, everything he's scrolling through is motivational money related, you know, success driven posts flying through. And I, and, and I noticed he started talking different. Oh yeah. Right. He will. Yep. <laughs> and, and so that's the thing is like, you know, if we seek this stuff, and, and, and our, our brains were, will seek to validate what we look at and what we think, you know, I, yes. you mentioned earlier, one of my favorite concepts, which is paradigms, which is the way you yeah. see the world, not the way the world is. Yep. Uh, it, yeah, that's that right. was such an eye opening uh, exercise and lesson for me oh, when yeah. I learned about paradigms. And I was like, and then I started really looking, diving into it because it just intrigued me so much. And I was like, wow, I, I yeah. think a certain way, like, and I can control it. And you literally see the way, the paradigm that you're in. Like I, I have this conversation inside the find a way book that I wrote. I, a large portion of it is that is about you being able to change the paradigm. That's most effective for you to get the result that you want. Cause you can literally choose it. Right. So like, I love that you're bringing that. I don't call it a paradigm, but yeah. um, I call it a context or a frame. Yeah. Yeah. It's the window yeah. you're looking through. Right. You're right. It's like some a people filter. look through the window and they can't see the beautiful sunset. They just see the spots on the window. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a filter, right? If you don't like the way you look in a picture, like you, they change the filter thing, and then like, right. Well, like, why can't you just change that way you look at the world? Like, I always that is I used such to, a good ex- analogy. You know, I used to explain it to people. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so if we're here and a car drives through the wall, comes in, like, I don't think your initial reactions to things. I think they're kind of ingrained in you. Right. Like yeah. I don't, I don't think there's a lot of control there because there's that stimulus and your in the way you, the way you, mm-hmm. you know, you might, you might, but you, you know, I might laugh because the car drove through there. I might cry. I might run. I might run towards it to try and help. Like there's all these reaction pieces, but yeah. And we're, and if we're all in the same room and the same thing happens, we're all, all going to see it the same way. Correct. Right? So why yeah. can't I get into your shoes and see it the way you saw it? Well, I can. Yeah. Right. right. It's just... like, well, well, how do I get the results that Warren Buffett gets? Oh, you see the stock market like Warren Buffett sees it. Yeah. Yeah. You just look at you. You follow the path of someone that uh, has already had the successes. You're more likely going to get mm-hmm. the successes as well. And if you say, well, I don't agree with their mindset, then you're going to have a hard time. Let's look at the facts. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, Let's where, see your where has your mindset gotten Warren's. you to here? You know, <laughs> right? Like if you don't like yeah. the results, I you know that's the other thing is like I, I, choice is another one, right? So it, whatever you, wherever your results came was a result of your choice, and so if you don't that's like right. the results, change the choices, right? That's right, <laughs> and that's a good one for money, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's just a you yeah. know, it, it, and and you mentioned the thing called a money story. I talk about that a lot, right? And so mm-hmm. I like to tell people that like if they're if they don't like what's been written so far in their life and their money story, right? 
because it comes from your parents. It comes from your growth, where, where you grew up mm-hmm. and the way that people handled and the way they talk about it and your yeah. friends and your, your, your concepts and thinking of it. But the best part is, is you get to write the second half of the book. So you can literally instantly pivot the way that you've done those things. And it doesn't take a lot. You know, you kind of mentioned like Dave Ramsey's books. Like I started just, I dove in hard. I was listening to Clark. Uh, what was that guy's name? I don't even remember his last name, but he's like a super money cheapo guy. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and then Dave Ramsey. And like, I just started listening to that. And I started watching YouTube videos and I was like, I just dove into it. And within uh, four years, I was out of my hole. Yeah. Right. And then I was back. I mean, think about to, that. Like, yeah, that was a big hole. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't fun, you know, by any means, but it got done. I found a way. Right. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I see you. I see you dropping it. Full circle, buddy. <laughs> Man, I think we just talked for like another couple hours. But Dave, I, uh, where do people where do people find out about um, you know more about what you're doing? And then I think you have an offer for the book, right? Yeah, you can go to findawaybook.com. So if you go to findawaybook.com, that's you can actually get the book for free. So go to findawaybook.com, put in your info, and we'll we'll send it to you. That's awesome, man. Um, please go check that out. Find David Kesey out there, man, and follow him because uh, I, I, his videos get you pumped up. I can tell you that. I know who your videographer <laughs> is, if it's you or whatever, but whoever's doing it is doing a good thing because I got pumped up watching him earlier and I couldn't wait to talk to Appreciate you. Appreciate so, it, man. Thank you. And thank you for coming on Money Talkers. You kidding me? It's, it's been my pleasure, man. What a blast. Thank awesome. you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram at the Money Talkers for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kid's financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a money talker.